morning. Morning. Wow. We have changed. This this is going to take a little bit of getting used to again, but we welcome everybody to to the service this morning. I'm back to an empty congregation, but... We just pray that the presence of the Lord will be in your home this morning, wherever you are, streaming in, zooming in, whatever it may be. But we're going to still, I don't really care what happens outside, we're going to still have church today. We're going to still worship. We're going to still praise. This is resurrection morning. Amen. Sunday morning, we come and give glory to our Lord. I'm going to sing, I'm sure uh, it's what we'd all would love to, uh, to be in this spot right now, but I'm going to be gone. In a twinkling of an eye. <laughs> That's something that I'm, I'm sure we're longing for and yearning for right now. Now, I've been singing it this week. I believe the Hoyers sang it last watch night as a special. I've just been singing, I'm going to be gone. This old world ain't getting no better. Amen. Here we are. You can stand, you can sing, you can clap your hands in your little room and join with me. Amen. Here we go. We'll go for the verse. This old world's not getting better. Every day it's getting worse. So much fighting and confusion going on down here on earth. But I don't let that bother me cause I'm not here to stay. I know my Lord is coming soon and I'll be caught away. I'm gonna be times my goodness but we're here we're here for a little bit longer there's supposed to be one more out there somewhere amen amen Uh, maybe we'll sing while we're here we want that unseen hand leading and guiding us each moment as we are in this terra firma amen this unseen hand still leading me in ways i cannot see amen let's just sing that together there is an unseen hand
unseen hand. Amen. Amen. We're going to just sing a little song. We'll go to prayer here. Brother Tom will come and take the prayer. We're going to sing this little song that I wanted to sing this morning. He was nailed to the cross for me. He was nailed to the cross for me. Amen. On a cross crucified. In great sorrow he died. We'll just sing what a wonderful Savior. Sure. What a wonderful, wonderful. Let's go to the chorus. 
transgressions carried our sorrows healer of every sickness this he came to the world to do amen as the verse was written he gave his life for others redeeming this world from sin gone to prepare a mansion that at last we may enter in amen he left his heavenly glory to accomplish his father's plan born of a virgin mary and took upon him the form of man as we come into this christian this christmas season people are have no idea that the king of kings and the lord of lords left glory to accomplish this master plan, amen, and took upon the form of man and thought it not robbery, as the scripture would say, amen. And with that on our minds and our hearts, our lips, we're going to come to prayer. Sister Esther has asked that we uh, come in. Uh, she has a just prayer request. She's working at uh, a home, and uh, has just there's just a lot of uh, COVID running through the, the where she's working. She's just asked that we just remember that in great need as we're going through these times, and she's asking we just remember the the staff and the residents and herself just as they are in this just difficult difficult time and so we'll remember that i know there's many that are in in need that are unspoken you're at your home you can lift your hands lord you don't need to be in the sanctuary here to lift your hands and reach the throne of grace this morning and uh, we want you just to as the song is being sung bring all your needs to the altar amen bow our heads in a word of prayer our dear precious heavenly father you said Lord we could come boldly before the throne of grace and that we are doing this morning Lord boldly covered in the blood as we heard last week Lord this veil has been sprinkled with blood But that seed gene within us wants to glorify your name and 
praise your holy name and give you all the worship you deserve, Lord. For you're the worthy one. There was no one found worthy to even look at the book, but you made us worthy. And we stand here under the token of the blood of Jesus Christ. Adopted sons and daughters of God. We we rebuke Satan. We resist Satan. We come against the enemy. Lord, we're not shirking our place and duty in the body of Christ. But we are taking the charge as your prophet taught us, Lord. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We aren't a weakened people. We are strengthened by a love divine that has been released at the cross. When that spear went in your side, water and blood came forth, but it also released a bride that was coming forth to be a reflection of your glory and of your grace. So this morning, Lord, every need Sister Esther has asked, I'm sure there's many families standing right now saying, Lord, pray for my son, pray for my wife, pray for my daughter, pray for myself. I say, Lord, we take your promise in the name of Jesus Christ. Victory is mine through the blood of the Lamb. And we stand victorious because you're the mighty conqueror. We love you. We pray, Lord, that you'll anoint your servant in a very special way. Brother Murphy coming. Lord, maybe ending a series, but Lord, what a series it has been. It has lifted us into heavenly places, and we've enjoyed those places. That's the believer's position. So, Lord, would you use him? Would you lift us? Would you speak to us, Lord? In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it for the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd just like to say uh, I greet you and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thank you for allowing us to come into your homes once again. We've been in a lockdown here in Canada. In the States, the doors are still open. We don't know how long that will be. Some thought that maybe everything was going to be locked down in the States first and then Canada, but here we are. We're back to March, and we're back to just the skeleton crew into our tech, uh, the technical brothers and just the ministers and some song um, music, musicians here. So we want to thank the brothers also down in the States. Sister Patty, nice to see you. Haven't seen that face in a long time. God bless you richly. And it's so nice to know that there are people within the assembly that are still tied together by the Word of God. I want to thank Brother Murphy and Brother Tim And, of course, Brother John and Brother Andy Sr. for stepping to the plate, as they would say, to stand united as we move the bride forward in the Word of God. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. And we're thankful for men of God that has kept the vision and kept the unity of the faith. And we're moving this little local assembly into a rapture. And saints of God, I'd be lifting your heads up this morning, knowing my redemption draweth nigh. Who knows? It could be at a time such as this. The Bible says that in an hour you think not. So rapture's on our mind. Change is on our mind. The world's changing, but we're not a part of the world. And so once again, Brother Tim, Brother Murphy, Brother John, Brother Ken Andes, thank you so much. And Lord willing, um, if time should tarry and we're here next Sunday... I'd like to take a little bit of a service on Sunday morning. So God bless you all, and nice to be together. Amen. Thank you for your prayers. We're moving forward. Amen.
Amen. Well, if you're standing, you can sit down. <laughs> if you don't want to sit down, that's fine too, because I know the next song that I wanted to sing will definitely be a stand-up song. But uh, before that, we'll just, uh, Sister Francine wanted to thank the Lord uh, for the peaceful passing of her mother three weeks ago, just a few moments after we had uh, prayed in the congregation, and she just thanks for thanks uh, wants to thank everyone for their love and their prayers and support, and she's safely back home at home, and so she wanted to convey that word of thanks for, for, uh, for to the people. And God bless you, Sister Francine. Welcome back home. We're thankful you're all safe and and uh, here with us once again. Uh, I know everybody would have probably received an email uh, just with all the changes. Again, like Brother Tom said, we're back to just an empty, unfortunately, an empty congregation. We don't even have even uh, spouses that were in here back in the uh, uh, earlier days, but uh, here we are. Amen, Brother Michael. God bless you. Just seeing you jump on there. God bless Sister Patty, Sister Roxanne, Sister Hannah, and I seeing you on the screen. It's a little different, but sure is nice to see some faces. So I know there's maybe some that are a little bit, a uh, little bit not too sure about doing, uh, trying the Zoom side, but that's okay. I, I know you're there because there's more, more participants than there are videos. So I know you're hiding <laughs> behind the scenes, but that's okay. Maybe we get a little bit uh, bolder as the weeks go by. But uh, we're just going to sing, but Murphy's going to come out. I wanted to sing. We've, we've been hearing it over the last course of the weeks, claiming the book has been claimed, redemption plan. Uh, Brother Tim's been preaching out of the breach, and so I want to speak, arise, or <laughs> sing, arise, possess your inheritance. It's been preached. Uh, we're going to sing it. <laughs> so musicians are going to have to just give a little bit of extra. We don't have a drums this morning, but we're going to sing Arise, Possess Your Inheritance. Brother Murphy, you want to come out as you feel, and we're just going to sing this, and we're going to possess what we've been hearing. It's no it's no use hearing. It's doing. And so we're going to claim what we've been hearing, and then we're going to now sing it and confess it. Amen? We're going to sing with the verse. Oh, entangled with heavy chains, captivity. All bruised and battered by sin, oh, condemned and sentenced to a life of bondage. Oh, God, there was no peace within. Oh, then a sound was heard. It was like the abundance of rain. Yes. 
back to the house of God again. I only see a few faces on the screen. I know there's a lot of them uh, that are uh, just at home uh, uh, with uh, looking at the, uh, the monitor and uh, streaming with us. And may the Lord uh, bless you all. And as I said, uh, uh, time after time, this is a not uh, a defeat. This is not a retreat. This is a time of victory. Uh, I think that I, I can recommend that the people just do what we always do. Read your Bible, believe the word, accept the promise of a God. Whatever devil will try to do in the world, try to let them do, let them have their party, let them have their time. But we're having our time in the word of a God. If God hasn't foreknown everything, He foreknown this time coming. But God only have a one remedy. He give us the word in this hour. He give us a message that's been vindicated in this hour. It's been vindicated through storm. It's been vindicated through uh, uh, whatever the things in the prophet's uh, life he has to run through. It's been uh, by visions, by miracles and signs. And so if God has vindicated the message in such a way, there's nothing that this message cannot be overcome. So we're so thankful for the Lord and thankful for everybody that's streaming online with us. And we just uh, uh, don't have any delay. Let's uh, go to the scripture. Let's turn to our book of uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4. I want to greet everyone, uh, uh, no matter if it's in the States or in the Canada, as you're streaming for the service, as Brother Tom has been uh, prayed. And uh, we uh, are so thankful and uh, appreciate that you allow us to, to bring the word to your home. And so we just believe the Lord is doing uh, exceedingly abundantly and for every one of us. You know that God still can meet the needs of the people, no matter what situation that you're in. No matter, there's a, to God there's a no, uh, no space, no time that He can be God to you in anywhere, anytime. Uh, book of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4 verse uh, 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are sin, but at the things which are not sin. 
For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's turn to a book of Revelation, chapter 19. That's what we read it the last time. But also, chapter 19, verse 9. And it says unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it says unto me, This are the true saying, sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And it said unto me, See thou do it not. I'm thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of a prophecy. May the Lord bless his word. Let's bow our head and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we know this is unusual time. But Lord, if we look at a time, time can change. But Lord, we're not looking at a time. We look at the promise of a God. Lord, you are our helps in the time of trouble. So Lord, we look at you. Lord, we know that Satan is behind us. Everything that he tried to destroy the believer. He's tried to destroy the face of your children. But Lord, how we thankful. This is a vindicated message. Lord, time after time, we talked about, we said that this is a vindicated truth. But Lord, how are we going to vindicate the truth when the truth is without going through the trial in us, when we're going through all the things that we're going through now? Lord, that is vindicated the truth. It has been vindicated before. Lord, it will be vindicated now. The truth has been set in our heart. Lord, has been proved to be the truth. Lord, as your children believing on this, Lord, it's not a testing our faith, but Lord is testing the truth that we're holding true. So Father, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, we know the word has we have heard. We know we have believed the word. But now, Lord, there's a word that's in the body of the Christ Jesus. Now it is going through this trials, going through this difficulties. But how you have vindicated your word before, Lord, we know you're going to vindicate your word again and again. So, Father, we give you all the thanks and bless your children as we have read the scripture. Now that we're going to the secret part of the service, we ask you, Lord, you reveal the word to us. Lord, we're not depending on men, but, Lord, we're totally depending on you. May you come on the scene, Lord. Go to each room, no matter what room they're in, no matter what condition they're in. You're the God that can meet the need of the people. We give you all the thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I cannot see you at home, so I can only see you may be seated by faith. <laughs> so, uh, I was um, uh, speaking over the last time uh, about the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so I was speaking about um, the Lord's uh, uh, the blood it has been sprinkled uh, on the veil. And, you know, it's always the trouble of the veil uh, that it made us, um, uh, you know, we, we try to get rid of. And uh, it's the veil that's veiled at us that uh, give us uh, so much of a trouble. But we're so thankful the Lord is not scared by the veil. But he sprinkled the blood on the veil. 
When God sprinkled the blood on the veil, He doesn't see the veil anymore. He doesn't see our skin anymore. He doesn't see our flesh anymore. As long as there is a blood in there, God only can see the blood. So when God sees the blood, and the veil become a transparent. And God is to see the seed that's inside of this veil. You know, and for God to see that, but I think this is the most important thing also, is for us to see that. Is, um, you know, we are appreciated that people can say, say that, you know, our brother, uh, brother Revis, uh, brother John, or brother Murphy, you know, we see the life of God that it is in you. We appreciate that. When people sing that, we feel encouraged. But it's not so much important for other people to see that, uh, uh, there's a God that is living in you. But it's for you to see that a God living in you. That is the most important thing. Because if only the, the people, they said, uh, you know, we saw God in you, we appreciate that. That's what the other people say. The other people see. But if without we're seeing that, it's only end up uh, our face become a wobbling. Because we cannot build our face just on anybody else's say about us. We have to build up on the, the face, our face, on what is the word of God said about us. And see God that inside of this veil, that is the most important important because the God has to become a personal God to us. He's not just God for other people. He's not just God for brother Tom, brother Ed. He's also God for myself. And so when we see that, I'll say that is the most needed thing that in this hour that we're going through. And if you see God as in you, realize that he is the one that the greater than the one that in the world then there's nothing is can overcoming you. There's nothing can conquering you because you know who you are. Just as Jesus, when he know who he is, then he had a perfect face in whatever the word of God has said about him. When Jesus know who it is, he can overcome death. He can be resurrected because the word of God has said that to him. And when we know who we are, there's nothing is going to conquer you. No matter what they call that, they call that a virus, they call it COVID, they give it all kinds of name. But there's nothing going to conquer that person when they know who they are. But while we're in this veil, is this veil that has become a, a give us a, such a trouble in it. And uh, you know what? Oh, I remember that one of the story, Brother Branham said that about, he said, um, uh, there was a one little boy when there was in the storm, uh, you know, the thundering, the flashing on the outside. And, uh, he was uh, crying. He said, Mama, he said, can you, uh, come up over here? And, uh, the mama said, you know, we believe God. And, uh, there's nothing gonna harm you and there's nothing gonna hurt you. And the little boy says, uh, Mama, I know, but I still want you to come. And then the mom come up, as all the moms do, and sitting beside the junior said, You know, honey, you know, we're a believer. We're Christian. There's nothing going to harm you. The Word of God has said that to me. I think we can all see that. The Word of God, the Bible has said that to me. You know, the Word of God has said that we're, uh, we're the one that's the legal owner of the property. The Word of God has said that we have a right to every uh, the inheritance that God had to give it to us. There's nothing going to harm you no matter what's happened. But that little junior 
probably said the one thing that all of our people want to say. Mama, I know that. But I still want a God with a skin on. And God did provide to us a God with a skin on. He's not just a provider. He's not just a tell us, you know, I know my thoughts. He's not just telling us, you know, uh, before the foundation of the world that you are with me. He's not only telling us that, uh, but God, do put on the skin and all, and then it come on this earth in the skin of Jesus Christ. And then God become a tangible. God become a, that, that the people can touch him. That if a people got a sickness and that they can go before him and can ask him that he can bring the healing to the people. And that if people was to have a sin and made a mistake, that the God can be touched down. That, that woman that touched the garment, the hem of the garment of the Jesus Christ, then her sickness was healed. And then the, the people even need forgiveness, like that other woman that washed Jesus' feet. Then she go before Jesus and that can touch him. And then before, we go before Jesus, the tear can drop down. Then she can wash the, the feet of Jesus Christ. And then by doing that, and she, she show her love, she expressed her love. Then the Lord says, all your sin was forgiven. I think how much more we want to hear that. To see that a God with a skin on, that we can uh, hear His voice. We can, uh, He can become uh, tangible. That we can touch Him. That we can know that a God is still same yesterday, today, and forever. When the lightning was flashing, when the thundering was, uh, was booming, when the trials was coming, when the difficulties has come. When sometime we have to be locked at our own room, time after time, think about how subtle and how brazen Satan is. He tried to separate you from each other. He wanted to deprive you of the privilege that you're coming to, uh, uh, coming to the church to listen to the word, to worship uh, God. How we want to have a God that with a skin on, that becomes so personal, even in your room, that in your living room, in your bedroom. I can say to you, that can be done. And that has already been done. And then he manifests himself in Jesus. That's a brand a thousand years later that it brings to now. I'll say God also had a skin on. That a years ago he had a skin on with the one that named William Branham. That is, uh, you know, when God chooses skin, the best skin he ever chose was Jesus Christ. That's the only virgin born skin that he chose. But uh, we'll say God never upgraded his skin. When God chose the skin that he was a dwelling in, he first, he chose the Jesus Christ to be the perfect skin that he dwelled in. That skin was a virgin born. That skin was a spotless. That skin was a uh, sinless. There's no sin that is in him. That's the skin that God chose to dwell on. Even the Lord himself that is say, this is my skin. This is my veil. I'm pleased to dwell in and hear eat him. That's the skin that God chose to dwell in. But you know, after that, God never upgraded his skin. God never said, I'm going to choose a virgin born skin again. I'm going to choose a skin that was an angel's image again. Lord never chose that skin. 
After that, actually, God downgraded his skin. Welcome back, Brother Tom Frey. <laughs> so good to see all of you. You see, God never said, I'm going to make it a better skin so that I dwell in. I'm not going to the truth of a virgin board, a perfect one to dwell in. But God said, I'm going to downgrade my skin. He truthed the Kentucky one that without education, that without going to the college, that don't know that a, a better English to speak it of. And uh, uh, the, the, this skin, this veil was boring the family that it was a father, it was a drunkard. And he called his, his mother just half an Indian or a quarter of Indian, whatever that is. And he doesn't, God doesn't choose a better skin to dwell in. But God chooses this type of a veil to dwell in because he's not going to just manifest the skin, the veil, but God put a blood on that veil. God chooses a downgraded skin so that he can put a blood on that veil. When that blood was on that veil, that veil become just as perfect as the skin of Jesus Christ. Because this is not to the, your behavior, it's not to the, what we do, made ourselves become a better, suitable dwelling place for the Lord. But it's the blood of Jesus Christ make that veil become the perfect veil that God can dwell in. So when God was a dwell in, in the place, he doesn't choose a better one. He doesn't choose, you have to be an educator. You have to be, have a knowledge. Though he chose that one. Though he chose the higher educated one. He also chose the lower educated one. He chose the people that have some money in that account. He also chose the people have nothing in that account. He chose somebody that was look better. He also chose somebody that looks ugly. God chose whatever that he wants to choose. Because of when he put his blood on that person, everyone looks the same. Everyone is just as pure, as perfect as God is. What is the blood of this age? That's the Holy Spirit that you have received. And that's the word, the bleeding bloody word that you have received. And when you received the word inside of you, you received the blood of Jesus Christ inside of you. When that blood is on that person, that person just as perfect as Jesus Christ is. So God doesn't choose it in a better skin, but God chooses of the downgraded skin, just like you are, just like in me. And then Lord put his blood that is on us, and then he made us as a perfect as a Jesus Christ. Amen. And we see God use the prophet, and it, uh, then we saw God become a tangible. He go to the meeting. He go to Seattle. He go to different states and to preach the word and manifest the what is the God is. And at one time, when Brother uh, Brother uh, Brother Branham was uh, in that service and he was uh, using the discernment, then he discerned the the person. See what her name is. See what her address is. You know, God still knows your name. God still knows your address. You said, I'm hiding it away. I'm just behind the screen. Nobody can see me. God can see you. But when God see you, he's not just to see you. He said, I want to condemn you. He see you. He want to say, I'm living in you. Men might not think that you're important. Men can lock you down. Men can do this, can do that. But Lord said, I'm living in that perfect spot. I'm living in that perfect will. Because God's blood is on that veil. 
Men can do whatever they can do because they can't see God in a thing. If they see God as a thing, they won't do the things like this. But when men only saw, they only saw the veil. You're just no different than the other people. But when God sees you, He said, you're my children. You're the place that I'm living in. And then we saw that the prophet, when he was at the end of the sermon, he telling the people's sickness, he telling the people's name and an address. He said, "Thus is the unseen now become a sin. God from the unseen realm and to become a God that with a skin on, that can be touched, that the people can go for prayer line, that the people can go for uh, to go to ask the Lord to to speak to the secrets that's in their heart." To show that the Lord also know what is his in, what is uh, whatever background that you are coming from, or whatever things that you went through. That is our God. That is a God with a skin on. Why? Because He know that what we need it. We need that as a God with a skin on, so that it will be tangible. That can be touched. That's what is the God to do. Then after the prophet, we'll see God never. Without a skin on. Because God will never without a being veiled. But a being veiled by you. And then we saw the Lord use the different men of a God. Like our pastor. And has to go through all the things that he went through. In his early young childhood. And go through that hard time. Go through the suffering. And then the Lord let him become a friend. That was the prophet. We'll see the same God still has a veiled arm. Then he used the men of a God and to preach the word and to bring the word to us to have this as a church. And then Brother Tom and the different minister brothers, Brother Tim and all these men of a God. Lord has been used. And the Brother John, Brother Ken, the service of Brother Michael. Then all these men of a God that God has been used. What I should, what should we say? God veiled himself in the person. And then we saw God is moving. And then we saw God using them to preach the word that for our benefit. And then, but don't forget, it's not only that the men of God that are veiled to the God, God become a tangible, but you are also the veil that God used, that He was a dwelling in you. You said, I want God become a tangible. What you're talking about, God, by you receiving the word, living inside of you, that he had the skin on, that not only the men of a God, that the minister that had the skin on, that was a God living inside of you. You are the dwelling place that God is living inside of you. And that little boy said, Mama, he said, I just want a God with a skin on. Let me say this, if you see God living in you, you literally become God with a skin on. And it's not just that we saw other people that God is living in them with a skin on, but it's to see God living inside of me, living inside of you personally with a skin on. When you saw going through the veil, saw God inside of this skin, then all of a sudden you realize God is today still touchable. God is still today is a tangible. And I don't want to go inside of the Lord. I know I'm the seed of a God. I know that God dwells in me. I doesn't have to go outside to touch somebody. I know that God living in me. His promise still is true. And yet and amen.
God still with a veiled arm. But it's a veil. It seems like it's so hard to penetrate it through. To see the seed that is inside of us. But you see, God never make the situation become easier so that you can go through that. He wanted us only see the blood on the veil. It's not try to penetrating the veil, try to go through this. I must, you know, I must do this. I must prophesy it again. I must believe it. It's not just that. No matter how you try to do that, you will never go through that. The only way to go through that is like what God goes through. He put blood on, then he only see the blood. When we apply the token, apply the literal life of Jesus Christ, believe the word of a God, then let the eyes of our face just look through that, only look at the blood of Jesus Christ. Not look at my failure. Not look at your failure. Not look at your mistake. Not look at what you have done wrong. Not look at all of those things, but only look at one thing, but it's the blood. His blood has to be on this veil. Then everything else drop in the blood. It put in the seed of a forgetfulness. But the Bible said in Revelation chapter 5. He said if he had a great big throne. He talked about a God. He said so many times we're hung for God. And look for God. And if a God was just everywhere. You know, he had a big, well, if he got a big, great throne sitting up here somewhere, everybody would believe in God then. If God sit up on the big throne here somewhere, say, he sits in this certain city, and here he is. He says, this is God, and you go to see him. He can just turn it just like that. And Brother Bram just snaps a finger. He said, what well, everybody would believe him. He said, then faith will be void. I think that's what the people want to do. They said, oh, if God, if God was in this city, if God can be seeing this or a pit of fire or this and that, he said, then everybody will believe it. He said, then faith will be void. There's no need of a faith then. If everybody can see God just uh, sitting in uh, Vancouver here and uh, with a big, uh, uh, you know, shining light on it, and it can uh, call the winds come, can call the storm, and can rebuke the storm, and everybody will know this is the God. And with a halo on his head, everybody will believe. But he said, then faith will be void. He said, we wouldn't have to have a faith at all then. You see, that would be it. That will be in the millennium, but now he's calling and trying to find out those. He said, you look so mysterious and dark, and you don't know how to do it. But by faith, we believe it. We believe it. That's the reason this is. And Brother Bram said, he said, now if God sit up on the throne and said, you know, here, here, there, here, here is God. He lives down in a certain place. He said, well, go down here and say, dear sir, God, would you do it? And said, yes, I will do it. And uh, Brother Branham just blows. And then it will be done so. It will be done. See? Well, of course, that's God. See? He said, my, he said, me, uh, we see that. So there wouldn't be no need of faith. Faith would be made void. 
Faith is no good when you are positive. When I uh, encountered that quote, I said, I thought that we need to be positive. But that's uh, that's breaking it down a little bit. It said, uh, faith will be made void. Faith no good when you are positive. If everything is you already saw it. Is everything was just right in front of you? Um, you know, God was sitting here and I was, we had a vision over this and that. He said, you, faith have no good when you are positive. It has to be have something that was unpositive. It have to have something that was almost seemingly impossible. It has to have something that was a contrary. It has to have something that you feel, oh Lord, I don't know how I'm going through this. He said the face was no good when you are positive. God has to bring all those things in front of you so that your reasoning will fail. Your imagination will fail. Your affection will fail. And your, your all the five sense will fail. But that the face inside of you through the hearing of the word will never fail. Though you cannot touch it. Though you cannot see it. Though you cannot hear it, but by faith, you said, I believe it. And Brother Bramah said, and that's the reason here has to be some disagree with it. So that we can exercise faith. He said, do you understand it now? You got to have the other side. Faith only work good when the contrary situation rise up. If everything that we saw... If everything, it seems like the Lord give you a dream, give you a vision, and speak it verbally to you. And then we don't, why we need faith to that about it? But we need faith when we can't hear the voice of a God. When it seems like everything is going contrary to us. When it seems like everything is going to, uh, a totally opposite to the way. But then, still by faith, Lord, I still believe your word. Lord, although I don't see that in this body, it seems there's, there's nothing that's good and about there. But Lord, I apply to the blood. It's not my behavior. It's not my failure. It's not what I did. But Lord, it's your blood has been applied. I received the word. I received the blood of Jesus Christ. And that life living in me still speak better things. Then Brother Bram said, and you have to have your valleys to make you enjoy the mountaintops. He said, and so then some of these days, it will all, it will all be mountaintop. It will all be health. It will all be God. It will all be joy. There will be, there will be unending joys. But until that time, see, we got to have this Pro and cons. To some people, they maybe feel so sad about this. But to the real believer, you know, this is the only time you're going through trial. This is the only time that you're going through difficulty. And to be honest, this is the only time that you will need faith. Because when you go to the millennium, you don't need faith. Everything is a positive. Everything you say face to face. Everything you see, God is there. You see Jesus there. There's nothing for your faith to work. This is the only time that we need to exercise our faith. And the faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. 
That's why God provided the, the provided to us the bleeding, bloody word that in this hour is to for what? For hearing come from faith. A faith come from hearing. Hearing the word of God. In another word, faith can only generate it when we're listening and the believing the word of God has said it about us. When Adam, when he was, uh, when he lost his inheritance, and what does he lost? He lost an eternal life. But Abraham said, and he said, an everlasting eternal life, Zoe, God's own life come in you. And then you are a part of a God. You are a son of a God or a daughter of a God. And then you see as God sees. You believe as God believes. Then you will be a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when Adam lost an inheritance, he lost an eternal life. What is an eternal life? That means it's God's life. All the blessing that's in there, all the power, the authority and everything's in there. Then Adam has lost it. But thank God in this hour, then the Lord has restored what Adam has lost and then brings it back to God's people. And then Brother Branham said in the breach, he said, it, he said, it's real. Uh, he said, abstract title deed is held in the hand of the Almighty. When, when Adam lost that inheritance, when he lost that, uh, that uh, God's own life, which is the title deed book that are held in the hands of the Almighty God. Satan cannot get it, but it's in the hands of a God. Brandon Bradbury said, "Is redemption means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. That means all the legal possession, everything within the title deed in that book that are held in the hand of a God. But he needed a lamb to come to take the book. So then he said, it's a redemption means all legal possession to all that was lost by Adam and Eve. He said, oh my, what all that to do to a born again Christian? He said, it's a legal possession to the abstract title deed. Title deed of eternal life means that you possess everything that Adam and Eve has lost. And when the lamb took the book, then he became the legal possessor of uh, all the uh, title deed, that eternal life that is all coming into the hand of the lamb. And when the lamb give it to the seventh, uh, seventh messenger, the angel, and then the seven seals is open, and then he revealed the mystery of the redemption. Is to reveal that the mystery of eternal life, which is the life of God Himself, also to the believer. That's you and me. And then when we receive it, and we are the legal possessor, the owner of everything that Adam and Eve lost, now is all come in the hands of the bride. Brother Bram said, but the law required a kinsman redeemer. The law of a God require a kinsman redeemer. But God's law received a substitute. What if a God has not offered to take a substitute? But love constrained him to do it. That man without a way back, there is no way for him to get back. He's gone. 
But the grace of God met this kingsman redeemer in the person of Jesus Christ. Law required it. Grace matches his requirement. What a love that the Lord had to show to us. If he loved us so much and gave us the son, Jesus Christ, let him shed the blood. What else in this world can take us away from the love of God? No depths, no heights. There's no sword, no, no trial, no affliction, no nothing can take you, separate you from the love of God. And by this kingsman redeemer, he takes the book, he takes the title deeds, all your rights, everything that Adam and Eve has lost, now is all giving back to you. You become the legal possessor of it. We're not an illegal possessor. We're not in the squatter. He is the squatter. Satan is the squatter. We're the legal possessor. When you legal possess something, it's like when you have the house. Though you haven't lived in that house yet, but when you got that paper, that means that you are the legal possessor. Sooner or later, as the closure day comes, you have the time. You can, when the time arrives, then you can live in that house. Let me say this, brothers and sisters. This body, we are the possessor of it. It's not a Satan possesses the body, but we are the possessor. All the blessing, all the health, all the peace, all the joy, everything that Satan tried to deprive from the bride of Jesus Christ. But he's only squatter. But you and I, we're the legal possessor of it. You said, I haven't, I'm not what I ought to be. I haven't arrived what I want to be. But don't you worry, the closure day will come. All you to do, you're realizing I am the legal possessor of this. When you receive that, God has given the rights to you. He gave the title deed to you. You're the possessor, legal possessor of your children. You're the legal possessor of your loved one. You're the legal possessor of your house. Everything Satan has deprived away from you, you are the legal possessor of it. Satan has no rights whatsoever. But he has to, you have to realize that you're having it. But Abraham said, what Holy Ghost comes upon this title deed that God saw back yonder before the foundation of the world and put a name on the book of life, but was born through a man and woman and subject to sin and guilty of sin. But when I believe on it, I receive the deed. But when the Holy Ghost had come, it was an abstract that everything against me, whether my mother done it, my father done it, my grandmother done it, he said, but when the abstract has come, it struck off, omitted everything. I am an abstract holder then. What makes you to possess, become a legal possessor of this uh, title deed? Because God did a search when the Holy Spirit was full on you. And then he searched all the way back that your origin is not just coming from your mom. It's not just coming from your dad. It's not just coming from your grandpa. But your origin is coming from God. What a beautiful message that we heard. What a beautiful message that brought a better messenger to us. It doesn't give us just some patch up. It doesn't just give us some reformation. 
But it's to bring us all the way back to where we're coming from. But a one abstract has come. He said he struck off, omitted everything. I am an abstract holder then. He said, as an abstract, all my sins are struck out. All your sins are struck out. By the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost has come as an abstract to the title deed that God gave me by grace, by foreknowledge. When you receive the Holy Ghost, when you receive the life of a Christ, by believing, receiving the word in this hour, you put, you're the legal possessor of the eternal life, which is Zoe life, which is God's own life. Then Brother Bram said, then what are you scared about? He said, no wonder, he said, fear not. I am he that was dead and alive again. I am alive forevermore and have the key of death and hell. Don't worry about nothing. Even death ain't going to hurt you. Though death will come for everyone, but it won't hurt you. It just become a stepping stone for us to go into the presence of a God. The abstract title, Brother Bram said, the debt is settled. Everything against it has been struck it off. When you receive the blood, when you receive the life of Jesus Christ, you receive the word, the bleeding word in this hour with all your heart. You said, I didn't see it. I, when the word, when you receive it, this, the visible word go into your veil, it become unseen. As I said the last time, it's not visible anymore. But he will manifest it in itself. Unbeliever won't recognize it, but believer will recognize it. If you are the believer, when a word drop it inside of you, forget about your veil. Forget about what your failure is. Forget about what your mistakes is. But look in through this veil. Look inside of your heart of heart. Lord, do I have a desire for you? Do I have an unquenchable desire for my Lord Jesus Christ? When you do have that desire inside of you, as a brother Branham gave it advice for Sister Bruce, that shows that you are a child of God. When that blood was applied, when that life is living in you, it's not you're living anymore, but it's the life of a Christ living in you from that time on. But Abraham said, do you realize what that means, brother? There is a nothing can take it away from you. Satan cannot take it away from you. No matter what devices that he has invented, no matter how subtle his scheme is, but Satan cannot overcome the believer. He cannot take what God has deposited inside of you, out of you. If you didn't put it in there, if it's not a church to put it in there, if it's not any minister put it in there, surely it's not the devil had to put it in there. Then if it's God to put it in there, nobody can take that out of here. Brother Bram said, I have now cashed in on my beneficiary of his death, burial, and resurrection. He become me that I might become him. He become a sinner that I might become a son. Amen. And hold the abstract deed. For this science 
shall follow them that believe. See the abstract deed. But Abraham said, and God provided a place of worship. He said, you see, I bought a piece of ground. It isn't yours yet until you got an abstract. But if you got an abstract, it shows that everything was ever against that a piece of a ground have been stricken off. When you become a Christian and accept Christ as your Savior, then when God sends down the abstract, it shows that no matter what your father did or your mother did, what anybody else did, your mother or daddy might have been drunkard, prostitute, whatever it was, every sin is a stricken off. You've got an abstract title. There is nothing can put you off of it. Look, everything that's on that ground belongs to you. Amen. It's an abstract title deed. What does the abstract mean? It means it's searched all the way back to the beginning. To its beginning. Like that a little drop of ink this morning. When it struck that bleach. It went all the way back. And when sin has been confessed. And fallen into the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh my, it gives an abstract right straight back to the creator again. And you become a son of God. I don't know what is uh what a police is here that I do. One time, uh it was a year ago, I saw a little clip, and it was um it was in a crime scene. There was one of the criminal or uh I'll say suspect uh su- su- Suspect. And um, so before they can condemn him, before they can put him uh, to, um, uh, to the penalty of the law, that's what was happening in China. They brought this criminal back to the crime scene. Does the police do this here? Maybe not, I don't know. And then they, uh, because they want from his own mouth to confess that he killed that person. Because he already testified. He said, I'm guilty. I've done this. I've done that. But they, the police bring this person back to the crime scene. And he's a murderer. He killed somebody. He's as guilty as he can be. But if before they give him the final punishment or sentence, they must have let him go back to the crime scene to verify that he sinned. That he's a criminal. He killed uh, some people. So he said... Uh, then he confesses that I killed certain people in the, in a certain place. So they said, okay, let's go. So they take the, the criminal, the back to, they go, uh, uh, take the car and go to the field or they go across a little creek and go find another place and where he killed that person and actually buried him. And then, then they dig it out and then they put it to the DMV test and then they want to, uh, sentence this person, uh, to the death. The sentence. Then I was thinking about how that is applicable to some of us. I would say probably most of us. And when that person was a bring that to the crime scene, I would say we has been condemned by Satan's accusation, by his condemnation that you do the wrong. 
And you have made a mistake. You have due to certain things. You have done the certain things. You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't say that. And all those things, I will say, the accusation, the condemnation, that Satan has been put on the believer. But you see, when Satan was to say something like that, he doesn't just do that without any evidence. When you made a mistake, when you do something that's wrong, you actually made something that's wrong. You actually did something that is not supposed to do. But when that person was around there, I would say, he got nowhere that he can run. He got nowhere that he, he has nothing that it can be defending for him. And he was in a, such a terrible that a condition that he was so trembling. He was so shaking. It was all the, all the things that what he'd done before, he all back, brought it back to his memory. And he said, as guilty as he can be. And then a person was so shaking, he cannot hold himself any longer. He was shaking, trembling so bad, they had to pick him up from the ground. And because all the things have become so vivid, right in front of his eye. And I'll say when we done something wrong, that in the heart of the heart, the person who knows that, the person who doesn't want that, but in the spirit of the moment, he give in to the temptation of Satan. In the spirit of the moment, he done something that is self-afflicted to the pin. Sometimes the things that he done in his life, it seems that will never be reversible. It's like that a criminal did. And then an accusation was to put it on, put it on him, put it on you. The condemnation that I put it on you, it seems that going to follow you all through your life. But how am I thankful that Jesus Christ, he's not only my judge, but he's also my attorney. He's not only my attorney, but he's also my jury. He's my all in all. That criminal has nobody can defense him. He was a broad to the criminal sin. But I have the defending attorney that's sitting right beside of me. And a believer, you have an attorney and a jury that was sitting right beside of you. That is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit was defending for you, he's not just give you an excuse, but he would do the search back. When the Holy Ghost was defending on you, he was not defending on you, just said, oh, you don't mean that. He doesn't do that halfway job. When the Holy Spirit give you the abstract title deed, he do a thorough search. He will search all the way back. That criminal that he can say, oh, I don't mean that, but he will be condemned to death. That criminal might say, oh, I, I inherited this, uh, this temper from my parents. I don't mean not to do it, but it will have to be, uh, I have to be put to death. Because there's no atonement that for that criminal. But thank God, we do have an atonement. We do have the blood sacrifice has been made just personally for you and for me. That I was thinking about the things that we done wrong. The things that we said, oh, I don't mean that. We don't mean that. But Satan said, that's not your excuse. You done that. I bring you back to your crime, crime sin. This is what you did. You hurt this person. You done something wrong to this. 
You watch the things that you shouldn't watch. If you're a believer, you shouldn't do that. As a believer, you should live a, live a perfect life. But thank God, there is a God living inside of this veil. There is a Holy Spirit by the blood sacrifice living inside of this veil. That he is my attorney. When he was doing that, he said, wait a minute, Satan. I know he done wrong. I know that you bring him back to the criminal sin. I know that you have accused him. That is all right. He done that. He shouldn't be able, he shouldn't do that. He made a mistake. He did it self-afflicted that the sin that had happened and probably cannot be reversed. He did have the sickness. He did inherit that. He may be inherited from his parents. He may be inherited from his, his grandpa or whatever that is. That is what you said is the truth. But I asked the Holy Spirit, I need to do a, a search. You cannot just accuse him just on that spot. Because I saw there is a little trace of serpent that are in there. Don't have you, don't have made it as a mistake. But there is a something, there is a clue there. It doesn't just condemn that person. It has to be searched all the way back. Then the Holy Spirit starts to bring, sort of search in the back. Well, he was searching the back. And then maybe searching and said, oh, because he inherited that passion, that lust, that things that are in that person. Maybe he inherited from his genealogy. Oh, sorry, from his genes. Maybe from his parents, or maybe from his father. Maybe the things that that devil says, see, I told you. He's a from, not only he's a bad guy, his father is a bad guy. His mother is a bad guy. And he got this sickness, he was inherited. He was inherited from his grandpa. Then the Holy Spirit said, no, just wait a minute. I still saw there's a little clue there. I still saw there's a little trace there. Let's search all the way back. It's not just a grandpa. It's not just an inherited. It's not just something that you inherited from your uh, your parents or whatever that is. Said, I want to do a search all the way back. Why has to do it all the way back? Because there is a blood has been applied. Because when you confess your sin, all your sin will drop into the bleach. That bleach will do a total research back. Will go all the way back to its original place. And then when the Spirit of God continually traces it in the back, and then the Satan starts to get nervous. He said, don't do the search anymore. Why don't do the search anymore? The Holy Spirit said, I need to do the research. Yes, the serpent's trace is tracing all the way back. Satan tried to block this trace. Satan tried to stop that. But when the Holy Spirit takes the confessed sin back to its original place, it doesn't, it doesn't reckon on to you. But when the sin was confessed, it go all the way back. And it will go all the way back to Satan himself. He is the origin of all the sin. When you confess to your sin, when you confess the wrong that you have done, then the Spirit of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, will do the risk, do the search all the way back. When it search all the way back, it doesn't count it as you sin, your sin, but it's accounted as the one who is the originator of the sin. 
And then he said, Then when God was to do that search, I can almost see the Satan's face becomes cringing, become nervous, because he doesn't want you to say where that thing was originated, where that wrong was originated. But when God take that to confess the sin, not only to confess the sin, he take your whole being. It's not just certain things that you do wrong. When the blood applied, the, the blood is to cover you all. Everything that was a everything that was against you, no matter if you did it, your father did it, your mother did it, or whatever that is, God said, I will, when I plug the blood, Apply the blood on you and that blood will cover and eliminate every speck of it. And then when the spirit had taken it back, all of a sudden, the accuser become accused. Before that, you were accused. Before that, you were condemned. But when that Holy Spirit bring them back, the blood have a, such a power he actually turned to the accuser, become accused. Turned to the condemner, become a condemned. Because all those sins was not laid on you, but it will be laid on the shoulder of a Satan. Then he said that you never sin in the first place. You're just trapped into this body. But the blood of Jesus Christ has washed off every of your sin. And not only that, the Spirit of God will take you back even further. It's not just that your sin was forgiven, but you are a son and daughter of God. Has been predestinated to be the son and daughter of God. You are becoming an attribute, the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's the Holy Spirit. When he was doing the search, he searched all the way back. It's not just a halfway as we, as without a crime saying the criminal has to confess, but it's search of your region. You're coming from the thoughts of a God. And you're coming from the gene, the attributes of a God. Then book of Romans said, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is the Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of a Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as a sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. Then Paul said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of a God. 
which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a love of God. God has to show to us. Though we're going through the difficulty, though it seems like everything was crumbling around us, though it seems like it was the lockdown again, they said this is not the peak of the COVID yet. I don't want to listen to what the media has said. I want to, want to, I want to listen to my intermediate has said to me. He said, Behold, in the Isaiah 54, 16, I have created a smith that blows the coals in the fire, and that brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created a waste to destroy all the things that have happened. It is God allowed this has happened to us. He allowed the Satan we use the temptation. We use the trial. We use all kinds of things and to try to and influence you and try to stumble you. But God also said, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. That's why I said, when the Holy Spirit living in you, help you to do the research, not search your own fault, not search your own failure, but search all the way back that you see that you have the blood that was applied on you. You are the children of God. God has a put a blood, a put a media, intermedia that is between you and God. And the chasm has been closed it up. Now that you can see, this is the, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, you will condemn. When Satan tries to condemn you, then you can turn around, make him become condemned. Why? Because all the sin that was by the blood, through the blood, it all goes back. It was laid on the shoulder of Satan, not on you anymore. You said, why do you have to emphasize that? Because if we do emphasize it on the blood, you will always look at it as a veil. When you always look at it as a veil, you will never look at what is the word has a living inside of you. And in this age, there is a need for that. That is, uh, you go take the book and eat it on the book and become the book. Then you must uh, prophesy it again. That is the end of it. You must have prophesied again. And as I was according to the title, the spirit, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of a prophecy. How can you prophesy when you look at this veil? How can you prophesy when you look at all the circumstances? When you look at all the situation? You have nothing that you can prophesy. But when you eat it in the book, when God said you are worthy, you are the worthy one to take the book and eat it in the book. And then you can have the spirit of a prophesy. That's the characteristic of this age. Then you can prophesy it again. Say that the dry bone will not leave again. Yes, he will leave again. Lord, you know that. What is the overcomer? In the book of Revelation chapter 12, 11, it says that they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their life unto death. It has to be the word. 
That in our word of our testimony, the testimony is not out of, not our own life's testimony, but it's the testimony of a Jesus Christ. It's a Jesus of death has brought this to us. The testimony also coming from the word martyr. That's the root word where the testimony is. Jesus has given us a testimony. His death has brought us this testimony. And Jesus has shed the blood for us. How do I know I received the blood? By receiving the word in this hour that you applied this blood. And that the blood still speak. And that is the word of our testimony. Our testimony, word of testimony is the blood has applied. It's the life that we have received. And they love not their lives unto death. And then the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of a prophecy. That is the character of in this hour that the Lord gave it to us. It's not a prophecy as much as a speaking tongue and interpreting. It's not that a prophecy as that a prophet who uh, has a ministry, he's seeing vision. And again, through the vision that he can prophesy. Our spirit of a prophecy is by receiving the word, look beyond what is a veil. Only look through the blood of Jesus Christ. Then we can facing Satan said, you have no right on my property. Then we can look through this veil by the blood of Jesus Christ. Then we can see that we are the children of God. Every right that belongs to me. My family belongs to me. My children belongs to me. My wife belongs to me. Heaven belongs to me. Rapture belongs to me. Body change belongs to me. Everything belongs to me. That's the spirit of a prophecy. You say, my eye don't see it, but my face take a hold of it. My ear don't hear it, but my face take a hold of it. My feeling doesn't feel of it, but my face, believe the word, take a hold of that. Why? All because the blood has been applied. But Abraham said, for they are worthy. I quoted it last time. Do you realize who is saying this? It is Jesus, the worthy one himself. This is the only one who is accounted worthy to take the book out of the hand of him who sits upon the throne. And now this worthy one is saying to his sins that you are worthy. Here is this one, the only one qualified to judge. And indeed, all judgment is committed unto him. And he says, you are worthy. It's not me say you are worthy, but he said you are worthy. Do you realize that the spirit of a prophet also subject to the prophets? And brethren, one time he said the spirit of prophecy was subject to the prophets. If we're off becoming the final voice in this final age, the spirit of a prophecy of the bride must be subject unto the prophet that in this hour. Because we are called to be the bride of this age. And then if we're called to be the bride of this age, then we must let ourselves subject under the prophet, under the prophet. It's not only just a certain doctrine, but it's the spirit we must be under the spirit of the prophet. Because the spirit of a prophet is uh, under, is a subject to 
the prophet. And if the God gave them the prophet, the eagle spirit, and the flying high to see far, and God also gave us the spirit of the, not of the prophet of William Branham, but gave it the spirit of a prophecy so that we can look beyond all what is the veil has told us, but look through the blood of Jesus Christ to see God has dwelt on this throne, has dwelt on this heart. And then you can face in all the situation without being feeling of it, without your eyes to see the result of it. But by the spirit of a prophecy, we believe what God has said, it will come to pass. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of a prophecy. As a musician come, but Abraham said, looking at an unseen, he said, upon this message now of looking as an unseen, if the unseen one will declare himself visible, then it ought to make your soul pass every barrier. If the unseen one will make himself visible here to you, because he promised he would do it. Can I say the unseen one now living in you? The unseen one has a living in Christ. The unseen one has a living in the prophet. The unseen one has a living in the man of God. Living in a brother Ed, a brother Tom, a brother John, brother Tim. The unseen one living in our deacon brothers. The unseen one, the same unseen one. Not one speck of alas. Not one speck of inferiority. The same unseen one also living in every one of you. You said, I'm just an insignificant one. I'm the one that is going through many trials. I'm the one that is going through many difficulties. I'm the one that's been looked down by many, by the society, by all kinds of, all this world doesn't pay more, one more attention to me. But you realize that the unseen one that is living in you. The unseen one is not a living on the other, but living right inside of you. By you receiving the word, by you believing the word, no matter you feel it or don't feel it, you see it or don't see it, but that unseen one living inside of you. When John takes the book, the open book, visible book, become unseen now. Become a living inside of him. Then the book, that was the open book inside of him, make his belly churn. But then the voice commanded him, said it prophesied again. It's not just by inspiration. We're not doing things just by inspire. We're doing things by God said so. He said you are overcomer. He said you are a conqueror. He said by his stripes you were healed. He said, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the remission of your sin. You shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what he said. It's not by my feelings. It's by my eyes saying it. But by the unseen one living inside of me, commanded me, he said, prophesy again. When a man once catch the vision of the invisible God 
and know that he's always a presence, there is a something that stabilizes that man's thinking. It stabilizes his action. And in the time of distress and trouble, it will still make him look upward and above the things that are happening around him because he's looking at the unseen yet by promise. We're looking at the unseen by the promise. The unseen one living inside of you. By the blood of Jesus Christ. He bought you. And he bought me. And there's nothing can go through this blood. Of the veil that has been sprinkled. Go inside and take the promise that the Lord has to lay there away from you. How secure that we are. Let us look beyond what's happened now. As I said in the beginning of the service. We do what we always do. Satan has no power. Whatever he did, let him do what he Let him have his rampage. Let him have his uh, angry. Whatever he wants to do. But we do what we always do. To the rapture, one step closer. And let us read our Bible. Pray every day with a faith in our hearts to look beyond this veil. Look beyond the circumstances to see the coming of the Lord. It's become a forever closer than ever. May the Lord bless you. Let's sing a song. I am redeemed by with the price. Oh, I am redeemed
Christ, we are redeemed. How thankful we are. You know, in a time like this, we need an anchor. And this is the anchor that it anchored in in my heart. I trust the Lord will bring this anchor to your heart too. And we don't need any other plate. We don't need any other people give us this answer. The media said this, or this person said that, or this top doctor said this. We had a great physician. That already said to us by his tribe that we were healed. That he's the one that protected us in all this storm. Let us bow our head have a prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, how wonderful it is to know that we can have an anchor that anchored in our heart. To know that the blood has purchased us. Lord, we have paid the ultimate price. During this time, this is the time to really apply the token and show the token. This is the time to exercise our faith, to believe in whatever the word of God has said is the true, is yea and amen. Father, we believe you. I just pray that you help each one that in this local body, no matter is it in the border of the north or the southern part of the border. And also that the people who stream the service, archive the service in a different part of the world. Lord, we're, for, we're together going through this. But Lord, it's not how important how many people that we can bind a force together. But Lord, as long as you are with us, as long as you are with us, Lord, we can over, go through every wave. We can crest every storm. Father, we thank you, Lord. Just ask you to be with each believer, Lord, every of the family, the children of God, the Lord, that they're in their room, that are streaming the service, and have to stream the service that tonight as well in the mountain baker camp as our brother go to minister the word lord and may the anointing of a god fall on my dear brother lord speak your word so that we can hear from heaven again we thank you lord and let your presence go with us in the name of jesus christ we pray amen let's sing another song how deep the father's love before we go How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His Holy Son to make a wretch His
Canada side, but uh, so thankful uh, to the brothers in the American side that you can still keep on going. So our support will be with you. We'll say amen behind the monitor. May God bless you. The Lord bless you. You're dismissed until we see tonight. Michael, you can lead the song for us. Yeah.
were tested and they were tried, yet on his promise they relied, they had an anchor, steadfast and true. Amen. Let's close our eyes and sing. I have an anchor in my life, holding to a solid rock, a stronger sure. bless you and we'll see you tonight amen we'll see you those that would thank you for joining on the zoom it was nice seeing everybody on the screen god bless you we'll see you this evening you're dismissed